You are listening to episode 64 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and a professional certified life coach. This is a Joanne the Life Coach podcast production, which also includes Weight Coach and This Is Us podcast. This podcast is based on all my own experiences as a widow and the experiences and the viewpoints I've learned from coaching and working with other widows. Hello, listeners. Hello, I'm back. I'm here. (laughs) I've been off very busy working on my next book, which I hope to have finished and submitted to the publisher by Monday. It'll be interesting. I've still got quite a bit to write. But I've been thinking about all of you. I hit on something the other day, and I wanted to share it with you guys. You know, um, you know how when you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, and sometimes it throws a little memory up at the top of your newsfeed, saying, you know, so that you can share it if you want to. It's like an old post that you put up a couple years ago. I also have um, an application on my iPad. I had this app even before Facebook was doing that. It's called Time Hop. It's a cute little dinosaur guy app, and it pulls in and shows you pictures that you took on the same day, like last year, two years ago, three years ago. Um, It'll show things that you posted to Facebook on the same day in the past. It'll show you things that you put up on Twitter same day in the past. I don't know how many things that it can pull from, Um, but there's always a lot there. And gosh, I think now my time hop goes back as far as eight years ago on some things. So um, yeah, I got on time hop the other day and one of the things it had in there, it and it was from four years ago, was like this really short little clip of video showing two plates on a diner table with hamburgers on them. Okay, clearly I had been fiddling with my cell phone camera in the diner and accidentally had it on video instead of snapping a picture of our hamburgers. But as soon as I saw those hamburgers, I knew exactly what it was. It was Hamburger Tuesday. I shared that throwback memory on Facebook, right? Because it was just so precious for me. And I said, I miss our Hamburger Tuesdays. It was Jim's favorite part of the week. That's what I posted with it. And another widow from one of my classes, commented on the memory. And she said she found it so disconcerting how we could be overwhelmed by a memory, you know, like a sudden smell, a sudden taste. I know you've all experienced those moments as widows. Like a random song on the radio while you're driving home from running errands comes on and suddenly you're sobbing over your steering wheel. I had that one. I was coming home from the grocery store. And now I can't even remember what the song was. I don't know that it was even our song or it was a song that just all of a sudden really hit home. But I was like in my car, ugly crying, hoping other drivers wouldn't like look over and see me, 
as I was just desperately trying to get home. <laughs> Pull together, they're crying, just let me get home. A sweet reminder does not have to overwhelm us with depression and sadness. It all depends on where your head is at when it catches you, you know? And I was just randomly flipping through those posts in my Time Hop app when that bit of video came up. And my first thought was how much I miss our Hamburger Tuesdays. Okay? Hamburger Tuesdays, our local diner, has a special menu of gourmet burgers for just $5 on Tuesdays. Now, Jim loved a good hamburger. He was an Atkins kid because he was diabetic and um, he had been treated by Dr. Atkins and taught to eat low carb. So hamburgers were really his, his thing. He wouldn't eat the bun, but everything in between was all fair game, right? So, and the, the only thing he loved better than burgers was a bargain. I'm telling you, <laughs> Jim was a bargain hunter. So we instituted Hamburger Tuesdays as a regular tradition. Now, when that memory came up on my time hop, I could have wailed and told myself, oh my God, I'll never have another Hamburger Tuesday again with my sweetheart. I could have been devastated. I could have told all my friends how this just came out of nowhere and my heart is breaking all over again. Truly, I could have chosen to spend my Sunday in deep depression and yet again re-experience all that crushing pain of losing my best friend, right? My partner in Hamburglar crime, <laughs> getting burgers for $5. I could have just re-experienced all that crushing pain of losing Jim, but I didn't do any of that. It was a deep tug on my heart, but before it spiraled into all that deep, awful pain and depression, I chose to shift my thoughts and shift my emotions. I remembered how it wasn't so much about the burgers but it had been about the two of us giggling like little kids because it felt like such a steal to get these gourmet burgers every Tuesday for only $5. It was our special time together, and we would laugh over having the cheapest date night on earth. So I could smile to myself over our $5 date nights, right? And how we would take that time to really reconnect to each other. You know, it was amazing that after 20 years, we could still sit down to burgers in the same diner. It was right by our house and still laugh and chat together like we were young lovers. We would even spot other couples in the diner. Jim would point it out. He would like, look at that. They're even hating being together. And we would look over at an older couple. Obvious, they had been married for years. They were both eating in stony silence. Well, with Jim around, there was never silence. <laughs> this is guaranteed. He was a chatterbox. Um, but you know, that tug on the heart when that memory came up, it turned into sweet remembrance. All because I've learned how to manage my thoughts and feel my emotions without resistance. 
I chose to tell myself and others a different story about that bit of video from four years ago. I didn't always have this skill. It's not something that just comes ingrained in most of us. As a matter of fact, you know, I struggled with my weight for decades because of emotional eating. Okay, emotions were overwhelming to me and I was afraid of feeling them. So I learned at a really young age that if I was eating, I was not even noticing my feelings. I could dull out my feelings with food. I had gotten that pretty well under control for myself, right? Bringing my weight down and having it stay down. But when Jim first died, you know, I thought I was handling it really well, considering how sudden it was and my inability to focus on anything initially. You know that if you're a new widow. If you're a widow, I'm sure you remember that. But when I finally realized that my morning routine had been completely out of whack since his death, and there were days that, oh God, there were days even that I could not even remember if I had brushed my teeth or not. I'm sure days went by that I didn't brush my teeth. So I got to the point that I realized, oh my gosh, you know, I really need to get myself into some kind of normal life again. So I sat down and I wrote down all my morning steps on a three by five card. Sounds dumb, but really it, it's what helped me ingrain those simple morning things again. One of the steps was to weigh myself. You know, like I would come downstairs, put the coffee on, go in the bathroom, brush my teeth, wash my face. I would step on the scale. So when I finally stepped on the scale after Jim passed away, it had been about six weeks since he died. My weight had shot up 20 pounds, 20 pounds in just the short time since he passed. I immediately knew that I had not been handling it as well as I thought I had been. What is it about us women that even in times of loss like that, we think we have to be wonder women, right? Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I got this. When we don't, like our guts are spilled out on the floor. We're so emotionally in pain. Clearly, I had been emotionally eating, even though I couldn't even remember. It was like 20 pounds. What did I eat? I didn't even know. It's like, what did I eat? But it was my way of trying to buffer out the deep emotional pain because I was fearful of feeling the full weight of my sadness, right? Buffering. Oh, we all buffer. We buffer in so many ways. Maybe not all of us, but you're going to, I'm sure a lot of you will recognize this. I'm sure a lot of you recognize overeating is just a way that you use to buffer out on your emotions, buffer out on life. You come home from work, you're totally stressed. It's been a horrible day. You just want to get something to eat. Yeah. It's not that you're hungry for dinner. No, you want to grab a bag of chips. I've had several widows come to me for coaching who had turned to drinking after their husband died. It's another way of buffering. And every one of these widows who came to me with this said they never had any kind of drinking issue in the past. 
Yet in the lingering pain over the death of their husband, they turned to alcohol and they could not control it. Now, I do not have one iota of judgment about that, right? About a widow who really kind of falls into a bottle for a while. I know it's the same mechanism that caused me to put 20 pounds on because I was overeating. It's the same mechanism that can cause someone to overspend money, right? Going out all the time and buying things you don't really need, but you kind of get a rush from buying it. It's a way of buffering your life. Gambling, spending hours and hours on social media can be a way of just buffering. So you don't have to pay attention to your emotions. You don't have to think about the things that are hurting you in your life. You can just surf Facebook. (laughs) Buffering can also be keeping yourself too busy to do anything, right? Especially if you're too busy to even think about your life and the deep pain waiting just under your emotional surface. It's the fear and the discomfort of the pain. We think if we feel that If we feel that overwhelming emotional pain, it's never going to stop. That's what our head tells us. The truth about feelings is they only last about 90 seconds if we're willing to allow them. Oh, they can return. It's like waves on the beach. However, each time you can allow that wave of feeling to come in, it gets a little less intense. The feelings are only overwhelming when we try to resist the emotion or we continue to spin out a story about how terrible the feeling or event is. It's when we can allow the feeling and invite it in that we discover the feeling doesn't kill us and it doesn't last forever. You can even feel a feeling like deep sadness, and then invite another feeling, like the sweet pleasure of remembrance that I've felt overseeing the video clip of Hamburger Tuesday. It's important that we feel our emotions fully. It's part of being human. It's our thoughts that we think in our head, the sentences our brain plays that creates the emotions in our body, right? The thoughts just vibrate into our body and we can feel it in our physical body. That's why they're called feelings. Where do you find your feeling? Take a second and notice an emotion you're feeling and ask yourself, where you're feeling it in your body. Because this is where feelings happen. Fear can feel like a sudden clenching in the stomach. Or perhaps even butterflies in your tummy. Right? Like a little fear for me can be butterflies, that kind of anxious fear. If I get sudden intense fear, my whole stomach clenches. I can feel the adrenaline release. Depression and sadness makes my arms and legs feel like they're sandbags, right? My arms feel heavy. It's like I can barely lift them when I'm depressed. 
If I'm especially blue, I can even feel it in my cheeks. It's like my cheeks get heavy and they're pulling downwards. To me, depression is like a cold, blue, downward feeling. That's how I would describe it. And when I stop and notice all of this, the feeling begins to subside almost immediately. As soon as you start to ask yourself questions about your feeling, like, where is it in my body? What color is it? Is it hot or cold or neither? That's when the feeling is going to process and begin to ease up. If you instead resist the feeling, you want to push it away. Like I just, I can't feel that right now. I can't even think about that right now. I'll go eat cookies or I'll drink or I'll have a cigarette. Whatever it is you do to buffer out. That feeling is going to become stronger and stronger. I think I've talked about it before on one of the episodes in this podcast series. If you're resisting a feeling, it's like you're trying to hold a beach ball underwater with one hand. Have you ever tried to do that in a swimming pool when you're a kid? The harder you push it down under the water, the harder you can feel that ball pushing back up against your hand. And if you let the ball go, it shoots up out of the water with force. Just like an emotion that you cannot stuff down any longer. It's just going to shoot right back up at you. If you let that emotion just stay with you, like a beach ball floating on the water right next to you, it's going to just drift away, just like the beach ball does. And ultimately, you can think about how you would like to feel instead. You can rewrite your story about something and make it be a good one. When I saw Hamburger Tuesday, there were two stories I could have told myself about that memory. I could have told myself the story about, oh my God, I'm never going to have Hamburger Tuesday again with him. What a huge loss that is for me. I will never feel that same way again. I'll never be able to even look at a burger again without thinking of this. I'm so devastated. And this memory just came up out of nowhere. Who knew Time Hop was going to throw this in my lap today? I could have made it a big, sad, dramatic story. Instead, I chose to make the story be about remembering how funny it was to us that we could go get gourmet burgers for $5 and call it our date night, right? And then remember all of the happy times we had. We would be so excited. Ooh, all of a sudden we would remember halfway through the day. Oh, it's Hamburger Tuesday. What are you going to get tonight? You're going to get the one with the eggs and bacon on top? <laughs> right? We would start like little kids getting excited about Hamburger Tuesday. So I could tell myself that story. And what a sweet, sweet memory that is for me. How close that stupid Hamburger Tuesday made us to each other. Right? Two totally different stories. The fact is the same for both stories. The facts of reality 
are the same for both stories. The fact is, Jim and I used to go to the diner on Tuesdays for their Hamburger Tuesday $5 special. And the fact is that my Time Hop app suddenly had this little piece of video that I don't even remember taking come up on my memory. So, fact, Hamburger Tuesday, Time Hop video, two totally different stories. You can inspire the feelings you would rather feel. I'm not saying that you can't choose to feel sadness. Because for sure, we choose to feel sad over the death of our spouse. You can choose that emotion and allow it completely. That's different than trying to not feel it. Allow your sadness. Describe it for yourself. Recognize it when sadness shows up. You know, our life as human beings is going to include negative emotions. That's how we know when we feel a positive emotion. If you never, ever felt sad, let's say you just always felt happy your whole life. Your whole life, you were just happy. Would you even know you were happy? Like, what are you comparing it to? You wouldn't know. Part of our experience on this planet are emotions that are just going to feel yucky. But it's okay to feel them. We can handle it. Once you know that no feeling is going to last forever and that you're okay with feeling it, then there's nothing you can't face. You can do anything because you can feel anything and handle it. You know it's not going to last forever. It's not like, oh, if I allow this grief, it's never going to stop or go away. You know it's going to be in waves. This is where tremendous growth enters your life. When you know you can experience any emotion that comes your way and it's not going to last forever, then you're willing to step out and try things you never even imagined before. Right? Fear? No problem. You knew when you applied for a new job, it was going to feel scary. Right? So welcome that fear on in and apply anyway. It's like, there you are, fear. I knew you were coming. Grief, we know how we can choose to experience that and even feel it as beautiful remembrance of the time we have with our spouse. Now you can begin to grow as a human being. Out of the pure trauma of losing someone you love dearly, you can experience tremendous personal growth. It's not tarnishing your memories or the legacy of your husband's life. It's showing the world all the glory of your memories and the legacy of your husband's life. It's when you do not allow your feelings and let them process through your body that you keep yourself in a place of pain and struggle. The fact that you can choose to laugh again and be excited about something you're trying for the first time is a beautiful testimony to the love you shared. So you get to feel everything, good and bad. Right? You do. 
We learn this in the widow coaches class. It's one of the things I love teaching. I love teaching the widows in the class and I teach them how to help other widows experience their emotions. And I know about this, being someone who overate my whole life to stuff down emotions. What was happening was I wasn't just stuffing down the bad emotions. It would kind of buffer out all the emotions, even the good ones. And if you're buffering as a widow because you don't want to feel emotional pain over the loss of your husband, you're probably buffering out any potential for feeling happiness just as well. Once I learned how to manage my emotions, an incredible thing happened. It kind of surprised me, but not only was I able to laugh freely again, I found I cried really easily. And at first I thought, oh, I'm, I cry over everything now because of all my pain as a widow. And it's all so close to the surface. But no, it's not that because I would cry over stuff that would just have nothing even connected to that. And then I realized, oh, it's because I don't buffer my emotions anymore. So I can watch like a really sappy commercial on TV and cry about it. Just openly cry. And not only that, I used to be really embarrassed if I cried in front of someone else. I was just not one of these people who would openly cry in public or cry in front of a coworker. And the horrible thing is if I got really angry about something, really mad, I would cry when I was mad. And then I would be humiliated on top of the anger, the being mad on top of the crying. <laughs> okay. Now, suddenly, I can cry, I can cry openly, right? And it doesn't last long because I allow it. The tears come and they dry up almost as fast as they came. And I can pat away the tears and tell the person that I'm with, no, it's okay, it's okay, just having a little sappy moment here, <laughs> just having an emotion, right? Having an emotion. So listen, if you are interested in learning how to coach other widows or just going on that learning journey for your own transformation, get in touch with me to find out more about the Widow Coaches class. This class has been so much fun to teach and the amazing things that come out of this class from my students just blows me away. And I love it. I love it. And every class, my little group of students, and I say it's a little group of students because I keep the classes small. Everybody really connects with each other and we all get very vulnerable and open with each other. And when it, by the time it gets to the end of the 12 weeks, they are like their own little widow coaches posse. <laughs> they become so connected and such good friends. I'm sure that they will end up being friends for life. It's like an amazing peer group. So if you're interested and you want to learn more about this course, you can go to widowcoaches.com. That's widow, W-I-D-O-W, coaches, C-O-A-C-H-E-S, and like all one word, widowcoaches.com. You can learn about yourself, right? So go out there 
allow some emotions. If you start to feel an emotion and you feel like you're holding back, ask yourself those questions about where it is in your body. What does it really feel like? And you'll find you can process it and you can get through it. So go out there and live your life and experience it, both the yucky emotions and the good emotions. It's never going to be good emotions all the time. That's just part of the human experience. As my friend says, half the time you're just going to feel like ass. That's <laughs> what she tells me, and it is true. But the other half of the time, you can feel the full intensity of happiness, freedom, lightheartedness, all the positive stuff, right? So get out there. Find some joy in your life.